everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham coming to you solo today. The NFL season has just come to an end. That is right. The regular season, the 100 season of the NFL is finally at an end. Sadly, it is there, but we have reached that point. And ladies and gentlemen, it was quite the ending as well. Topics are flying all over the place. Black Monday kind of started off with a bang. Several people are fired. Several coaches, excuse me, have been fired. Some are on the hot seat. Some are still being questioned. And then this entire just week was kind of a, an awe of who was seeding where in the playoffs. We had a couple big games. Dolphins beating the Patriots was huge. Um, we've all seen the call. The guy doing the Chiefs game, I believe it was Kevin Harmon. If I'm wrong on that game, excuse me. But he was making the call for the Dolphins-Patriots game and the Chiefs-Chargers game. And then by the time he finished that, you hear Arrowhead erupt. Um, it was a fantastic scene, fantastic feeling um, as a Chiefs fan here personally. But let's go ahead and get into some of these storylines that are around the NFL right now. Like I said, the guys that were fired, Freddie Kitchens has been kicked one and done. Pat Shermer, two years and done. The Giants are still thinking about keeping Pat Shermer, or excuse me, David Gettleman. They're still wanting to keep him. Shermer is gone. The Miami Dolphins have fired their offensive coordinator, Chad O'Shea. Doug Marone was announced as being fired last week, and then reports came out that he is not fired. So that's kind of a question mark on what's officially there. And then Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, reports came out earlier yesterday that the entire uh, the entire coaching staff was fired. Then was followed up with that's not true. So now there's all these storylines going on. And the real question with Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys is: Is this someone that they should fire or just let the contract run out? Because from my understanding, his contract is set to expire or end um, in January. So what's the purpose of kind of like firing him in a sense when his contract is pretty much over as it is? Definitely a storyline to keep your eye on. As far as interviews, Josh McDaniels has been questioned and called uh, to interview with the Cleveland Browns. I don't really think he leaves the Patriots to go there. If he does, man, that's just going to break the internet and break all the news for all of us here. Um, another interview that I know, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is being questioned or was asked to interview for the Carolina Panthers. And now speaking for the Panthers, or speaking of the Panthers there, Ron Rivera is the front runner for the Washington Redskins. They have come out and said that Ron Rivera is their guy. That is their first choice, and that is who they want. So if that is the case, that's going to be good. He's going to help get the, the Redskins culture fixed, get everything balanced and set in place for them moving forward so they know who they are going. And they're really, they're honestly a young team. they got a, some good core pieces. It's just going to be depending on how they take advantage of that, what they become with these pieces and how do they make it work and honestly I think Ron Rivera um, is a good coach to do that I think he's going to be in a good spot there and that's going to be an exciting future for the Redskins going forward in the NFC East um, some more storylines Adam Gase his comments on Le'Veon Bell we've seen Le'Veon Bell respond to it on Twitter the the office meme of Michael Scott just kind of going oh you're going to make those comments I mean how if you're the head coach of the Jets there's already been reports that you weren't okay with Le'Veon Bell being there you were not happy with the Jets paying him that much money before you were hired and then you've kind of taken things over things are not going well the team's falling apart the Jets just suck the culture's not there no one's excited about anything you're more pissed off than you are happy I just don't think Adam Gase is the answer for the Jets I just I mean you see what happened in Miami 
Ryan Tannehill leaves Miami, goes to Tennessee. We see how well he's doing. Devontae Parker, a guy that we didn't think was going to be much of anything. We thought his career was over. He has exploded this year. He's had a career year, and he looked great against Stephon Gilmore this past week as the Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. Another storyline here, Juan Thornhill. Um, he is out for the year with an ACL injury, so he is out for the playoffs. He's been a rookie who has been fantastic for the Chiefs. He has helped their secondary tremendously. Been a fantastic guy to be in the backfield with with Tyron Matthew. He's been great back there, so this is tough to see. Um, a tough way to end a great rookie season, as I tweeted out earlier yesterday. Um, but his story next year is going to be great. I think the Chiefs are going to have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. As long as you got Matthew and then you got Thornhill back there and you draft another corner, the secondary for the Chiefs is going to be pretty solid. Some more comments that were made. Bruce Arians, his comments on Jameis Winston. If we can win with this guy, we can win with another quarterback. Um, pretty straightforward and brutal, but, man, it's the truth. Jameis Winston going 30, I think it was 34, 35 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. His first pass of the season was nearly, I believe, was intercepted. And his last pass of the season was a pick six in overtime. You hate to see it, but, man, that's just Jameis Winston, the good, the bad, and the ugly being displayed perfectly right there for you. Moving on to the rest of these storylines, the Philadelphia Eagles, they clinched the NFC East. They are in the playoffs, but, man, they are banged up. They're going into the playoffs just beat. Boston Scott had a great game for them. Some receivers are stepping up, some, kind of some no-namers. But, man, they are heading in, beat on every level of their team, offense, defense. Their defense hasn't been great either as of late. Just too many blitzes where you're kind of going, eh, shoot, they have blitzed there. And then there's a deep shot because someone's open, a, a, a seam is left open. The Eagles are kind of all over the place, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can continue to make noise in the playoffs or if it's more of just a, hey, we're here, okay, now we're out, let's get healthy, focus on next year. Derrick Henry, running back for the Tennessee Titans. I've come out and said that he's got tree trunks for legs and he's just not looking so well and he's just not that good of a running back. Ever since I said that, he has exploded. If he heard me, I'm sorry. You're great. You're good, dude. I don't know how much longer you're going to last after this year, but you've had a phenomenal season. You led the league in rushing. Good for you. Now your team is heading into the playoffs on a hot streak. You guys are running the ball well. That is good for you if you're a Tennessee Titans fan because if you can run the ball in the playoffs, you are doing something right, and that is the difference maker. And if you're going to play the New England Patriots in Foxborough, that's what you're going to have to do. And if you can do that successfully, you might come out of there with a W. Um, last comment here, the last storyline that I want to go over before I get into these games from Week 17 is Gerald McCoy backing up Cam Newton, telling the Carolina Panthers, or at least telling the media about the Carolina Panthers, that if you let him walk, that's going to be a stupid decision. Because if you do, that's not going to be good. If you let a healthy Cam Newton walk, that is not going to be good for you. And honestly, that's kind of a good point because who are you going to come in and fill that? Who is going to be your quarterback for the future? Kyle Allen didn't look good. Will Greer. Trace, I know you're listening to this now. You're not on here today as I'm going solo. Um, you had some personal stuff come up that you got to take care of. Go do it. You're saving lives. You're a true hero. And Will Greer, man, that is just a guy that not looking so hot got injured stepped out of the game Kyle Allen comes in ends up with an interception he kind of walks off the field with a smile like I can't believe I suck well you hate to see it that's where you're at it happens it's the NFL Carolina Panthers what you thought you had figured out a quarterback one position you think you were going to need to think about much heading into the draft you believed you had Kyle Allen as your future he was playing nearly flawlessly except for some fumbles um, with some butterfingers in the back but now he's just 
he's unreliable. You can't trust him. He makes silly decisions. And so now you have to go into this offseason going, where are we at at the quarterback position? Is Cam Newton healthy? Can we rely on Cam Newton? And honestly, what are we going to be? Because we have Christian McCaffrey, and if we keep trying to use him like we have the last couple years, he's going to be done at three, and we're going to be going, okay, who's a running back now? A lot of answers for the Carolina Panthers that need to be figured out quickly moving into this offseason. It's going to be kind of exciting to see where that NFC South division is going into next season. But let's go ahead and get into these games. Speaking of the NFC, the 49ers and the Seahawks is going to be the first game we go over. Um, talk about a nail-biter. A great way to end the season for this division to figure out the one seed in the NFC. The 49ers come away with the W, and, man, they just did it very creatively. They're very creative and efficient with their, uh, excuse me, with their fullback. He, I mean, he makes all kind of plays, whether they're using him creatively and blocking in the passing game and the running game. Every scenario that they give him the ball, it seems like their success followed him directly behind it. Um, Russell Wilson was under a lot of pressure. Went down early and then kind of towards the end of the game, he was able to escape it and evade it and make some plays and make things happen. We saw with that magical pass that he had escaping up into the pocket, throws it, gets it to his receiver, and the next thing you know, you're going, okay, there's a chance, there's an opportunity here. And then Moser, the running back for the 49ers, is, was just the difference maker for this game. Whether it was in the passing game or running, he was able to run the ball effectively, and that helped the 49ers out tremendously. Debo Samuel was another guy that helped out the 49ers. This kid's going to be a difference maker in the playoffs for them. He's what's going to help them keep rolling in the playoffs. They have a weapon that's someone that they can rely on. We haven't seen much of him throughout the entire season, but he's come in great as of late. And so the 49ers are going to take full advantage of that heading into the playoffs. Russell Wilson, he had Metcalf early at the end of the game. Um, you saw that he throws it to him on the left side. The ball gets tipped, nearly intercepted, but he had him sooner. If he would have looked just a half a second sooner, he probably has him for a tight window touchdown. That's how quickly this game comes down here. And then Hollister, man, you got to realize the situational football here. And I'm talking about the last play of the game for the, excuse me here, for the Seahawks. You've got to realize where you're at. You're catching this ball along the goal line. You've got to find a way to get that ball reached across. I know you take a big shot, but your focus has got to be catching that and then trying to just reach it across the goal line. If you reach it across and it gets knocked out, who cares? Because the moment that ball touches the, the or crosses the goal line, that's a touchdown. You have to realize that you have to have that awareness. Unfortunately, it just didn't come at that point in time. Seahawks lose, 49ers win, they win the West, and they also get the one seed in the playoffs. They're rolling in hot. They're looking good. They've been dealing with some injuries. I believe everyone is coming in healthy right now. Um, D Ford is still kind of questionable with an injury. I'm used to seeing that as a Kansas City Chiefs fan. If you're a 49ers fan, you're really not so much. But that's just kind of the way it has been with his career. But the 49ers, you're excited heading into this playoffs because you know you have a real chance at winning or getting to the Super Bowl Winning, it's going to be a different story. Moving on to my next game here, the Washington Redskins versus the Cowboys. And this was just a sluggish game. I mean, the beginning of it was fumble galore. It was, do you want it? Do I want it? I don't know. Let's just kind of switch it till we figure it out. And then next thing you know, Amari Cooper showing why he needs all that money. He showed the reason why the Cowboys should probably try and keep him as a receiver. I know Michael Gallup had a big game. But Amari Cooper had some difference-making catches. That deep shot that he had in double coverage that Dak just threw up there. Like, that's what you need out of him. That's what he's going to be for you. So you need to rely on that. That's something you can rely on. If they go away from it, you better be drafting a receiver in this next draft class. 
it is a deep class in the receivers. So if you move on from Cooper, you don't think you can afford Dak, Zeke, and Cooper and that defense and any else anybody else you want to add to your team moving forward, that's something you got to figure out there. Um, Ezekiel Elliott had a massive game. I know I just mentioned Michael Gallup. I believe he had three receiving touchdowns. Two of them were just phenomenal catches, one in the back of the end zone. One, he breaks it like two or three tackles and then fights his way in. It was great for him. Um, going ahead and moving on from the Cowboys, uh, the last comment that I want to make here, I've already talked about Jason Garrett, but this season ended well for them. They've been inconsistent all season, but they came in this game and really just handled business. Like I said, they started off sloppy. The Redskins did as well, but they handled business and they came away with a big win, and that's what you want for the Cowboys heading into the next season, unsure of who your coach is, at least you can end this on a high note, end his career with the Cowboys on a high note moving forward. Now, on to the Redskins. Adrian Peterson, this is a guy we might see play for another five seasons. Usually when you see a running back's career come to an end, they don't have much mobility, they don't have much quickness or burst out of their cuts. It's just more of a straightforward, maybe I can break, bounce off a couple tackles and keep going. Adrian Peterson is making moves. He's making cuts. He is looking smooth in his running. So we might we might be seeing him for another five years, whether it's with the Redskins or not. It's probably not going to be the Redskins, but I believe we're going to see Peterson for another five years as he just kind of keeps etching to get that rushing title, whether Frank Gore is able to get it or not. But moving on for the for the Redskins here, they have a good young wide receiver core. They got Carmen or Harmon, excuse me, Terry McLaurin, and then Sims. And if you're able to keep those guys healthy, I mean, that's a good combination of size, speed, and reliability. And that's what you want as a wide receiver core, especially with a young quarterback. Keep growing that. Keep moving forward. Find an offensive line. Keep your running backs healthy. Find a rushing attack that you can rely on. And then just help your defensive secondary. And the Redskins might be making some more noise in the East than we're expecting because they're a lot closer than a lot of people realize. Let's go ahead and head to my next game here. The Oakland Raiders, the last time we will be seeing that is next year. They are moving on to Vegas in their new stadium. They traveled to Denver to play the Broncos. And Drew Locke kind of ended the hope for the Raiders having a chance at winning this game. Um, it kind of ended with the Titans beating the Texans earlier in the day. But the Raiders, they had a chance at the playoffs, and they didn't look like they were ready for it to begin this game. Um, they looked sloppy. Derek Carr is very questionable if he's going to be there. I don't think he's in Vegas next season. I think the Raiders are done. I don't know who they have at quarterback, but I don't think it's going to be Derek Carr. I believe they are ready to move on from him. Um, John Gruden is going to want his own guy, and they're going to want to keep going from there. Their last drive was a good one. It was a good one, but it was because of Hunter Renfro, and that's the reason. Hunter Renfro came up with some big catches. That touchdown catch that he had at the end was huge, but that was about it. Other than that, they had some big plays. Raiders had big plays that they just couldn't capitalize on. And the one note I have about Drew Locke here. The reason they're going to love him so much in Denver or hate him is because he's going to give his guys opportunities. He's going to give his guys opportunities to capitalize on situations unlike the Raiders could in this game. That touch, I'm talking about a pass that he had to Sutton kind of early in the game on the left side, middle of the left side of the field. He throws, throws it up between two defenders. I, I shouldn't say throws it up because, I mean, he zips it in there and gives Sutton a true opportunity to catch that ball and make a play. And he did. He can rely on that. So that relationship is going to continue to build. Um, I've been saying it all season that Cortland Sutton is a wide receiver one. He was going to be taking that job from Sanders or Saunders, and that's exactly what he did. So if you're if you're a Broncos fan listening to this, you have a running back. Figure out your play calling with what you're going to do with Lindsay or not. It looks like you have a quarterback which is good for John Elway. Maybe he can stop hearing all that noise and all that shit that he's just been hearing over and over this the last couple years. 
And then you have a, a wide receiver in Cortland Sutton, and you have a tight end in Noah Fant. You keep those guys healthy, your offense is good. Your defense, we already know what it can be, what it has been, and what it will be. That offensive line is being rebuilt. You get that restructured, and you can be the second-best team in the AFC West. And, hey, that's going to be good enough to get you in the playoffs if that will work out for your division. You just got to keep going from there. Our next game here, the Los Angeles Rams playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals had a chance at winning this game if there's not so many turnovers. The Rams got this win because of turnovers, and that's exactly why the Cardinals lost it. I feel like Booger McFarlane there. When you have so many turnovers, you're probably going to lose the game because you don't have possession of the ball. Well, no shit, but it really is like these turnovers came in key situations for the Cardinals, and you hate to see it in that aspect because Kyler Murray actually looked very, very comfortable this game. This is potentially Larry Fitzgerald's last game. That's sad. That's something that people really need to recognize and kind of reminisce on what his career has been for the NFL, for the other Arizona Cardinals, and really what he's brought um, every year throughout of being an on and off the field type of personality for the NFL, the Cardinals, and kind of just that position in general for wide receivers. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they need experience. Once they have that experience and they have that relationship that they can trust, they're, I believe they're going to be a good team. They're going to be all right moving forward. But this inexperienced, un, unsure how to handle certain situations, I mean, this is going to be with their coach Cliff as well. The more experience he gets, the more better he's going to be at play calling in certain situations, who he can trust and who he can't. But other than that, they just need to get more guys in there that are experienced together, not necessarily aged because I know they are somewhat of an older team. They've gotten kind of younger as the season's gone on because they've put in younger guys to play over the older because they've realized, hey, we just got to look forward to next year and go from there. Our next game here, the Eagles versus the Giants. Kind of, kind of a close game all the way down towards pretty much the wire when the Eagles just kind of finished everything off and won the division. Um, they were rolling with, with Sanders and Goddard early. Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders running back and tight end. They were kind of going. They were relying on both of them early, and it looked good. And I think that's what they're going to do in the playoffs, mainly because they don't have any other weapons, unless they just found a new one in Boston Scott. Uh, kind of reminds me of Sharkandrick West, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, where he can just bounce off guys and keep moving. He's got that small mobility, that low center of gravity, where he just bounces off people and runs physical. You love to see that as the Eagles fans heading into this part of the season. And then Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. They both looked good. Daniel Jones kind of had some boneheaded throws at times, a couple of interceptions, but Carson Wentz, man, he is looking good. He doesn't have any receivers that he can really rely on as they're injured or dropping the ball, but when those guys are catching the ball or, you know, that pass has landed there, it's, it's a beautiful thing because he is making some throws and plays where you watch it and you're going, oh, my God. I don't know if I could do that with a rock and a trash can. This dude's doing it with an NFL football on an NFL field with NFL defenders, guys running at him wanting to take his neck off with millions of dollars on the line. And he's making these throws under pressure. It's great. It's fantastic to see with Carson Wentz. As I said a second ago, you, this is something to be excited about as an Eagles fan. But they are extremely beat up. They are heading into the playoffs. I said it earlier on the podcast. Is this a team that we can see be a one and done and go, okay, hey, we made the playoffs. We won our division. Let's just go get healthy. Let's get some talent. Let's find the new wide receivers. Let's get Carson Wentz out of here healthy, and let's just move on. To me, that's somewhat of a win within the loss for the Eagles. That's kind of the optimistic side looking at it with all these injuries. If you go into playoffs expecting to win and make it to the Super Bowl, 
you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. That's really not what you want. Um, back to the Giants here, though. Saquon freaking Barkley. The dude looked phenomenal. That big run that he had where he sees green grass, throws up the peace sign, and takes off. Hey, that's pretty badass. I don't know too many other guys I can do that besides Tyreek Hill where they can just go, you know what? I'm gone. Peace out. And they're pew, tutty. Love to see that. Eat, or Giants fans. You guys are a lot closer than you realize. You you have better receivers than a lot of people give you credit for. You just build up time, get Daniel Jones some more experience, and you help that defensive secondary. This team and that a or excuse me that NFC East, it's gonna be a tough division to win. It already kind of was this year, but it was in a sluggish way on teams not sure who was gonna win it or who was. A lot of them lost, a lot of wins, a lot of tough games. But the Redskins and the Giants are closer than a lot of people realize. And the Cowboys and the Eagles, man, they just keep getting beat up or just finding ways to lose. The Cowboys have plenty of talent. They look like they're going to be the premier team in that division. But like I just said, the Redskins and the Giants are closer than people realize. So that's something to be excited for. Moving on to our next matchup for an AFC battle, the Jacksonville Jaguars going or playing the Colts. This was somewhat of a, a good game for Gardner Minshew. I mean, he was slinging the ball early. Kind of had a, a silly interception about midway through. But other than that, he looked good, and I know I discussed this topic or the storyline at the beginning with Doug Marone. Is he the future? I mean, is he going to be the head coach for the future? Are they firing him or are they not? That's still kind of up in the air. Treese wants him gone. Treese just wants everyone gone. He just wants everyone except Sean Conn, the owner, just pretty much gone. Just re-fucking start, figure it out, let's go. Um, their defense, I had written here that the defense was looking kind of eh. After it was literally the moment I wrote that it was three sacks interception and a quarterback fumble And I was like, you know what? Just kidding. Jaguars defense looks pretty fucking good Looking pretty all right here their offense man dd westbrook has a good game I believe it was I don't I can't remember his first name, but it was lee or the real short guy number 80 something Excuse me for not knowing this off the top of my head here. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't um, had a big game. Gardner Minshew relied on him quite a bit. This was a good game for the Jacks to end on as they kind of owned every phase after the beginning aspect of it. And then kind of a disappointing performance for Jacoby Brissett. What a way to end the season for the Colts. Not really how you wanted to do it, but it's just kind of what happens. Let's go ahead and move on to our next game. And this game was just a sloppy snooze fest as the Ravens were resting their starters and the Steelers were just trying to figure out who the hell they're going to be. Um, they miss Big Ben a lot, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have they've got to miss him a shit ton because their quarterback position it's struggling. Duck is not the answer. Mason Rudolph is sure hell not the answer. You get whopped in the head by Cleveland Brown, Jason or by uh, Miles Garrett. I mean that just ever since then it just was a a downhill slide for what he was gonna be and who people can rely on him or expect him to be. It's just not gonna happen for Mason Rudolph. In Pittsburgh, I was kind of on the train thinking he was going to be the future, maybe take over the job from Big Ben with with Big Ben going out with an injury. Definitely just not the case at all. Um, the Steelers have kind of some answers for the offensive side of the ball. What are they going to do? The offensive line is good, but they're getting older. Um, can you trust Mr. Two First Name, James Conner? Can you trust him running the ball? Can he stay healthy? James Conner, Conner James. Receiver-wise, it looks like you have it with Juju. If he can stay healthy, James Washington erupted kind of here towards the end of the year. And then your defense stepped up big. But other than that, the Ravens, they find a way to win. 
Um, like I said, it was a sloppy game. They were resting their starters. RG3 did okay. Justice Hill looked decent. Um, he is a rookie, but he looked a lot quicker in that type of weather than I would have expected from him. Um, the weather helped out big time, though, with Baltimore winning. Just so many turnovers from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, just kind of a blog game. That's just really what it was in Baltimore to end the year. Baltimore Ravens are 14-2 going into the AFC playoffs, ranked number one. They will have a bye um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go into the playoffs with that running attack, what they do, who they face, and just kind of how everything's going to play out. I'm excited for it, and I'm sure you guys are as well. Let's go ahead into the next AFC matchup here, AFC South matchup, excuse me, with the Tennessee Titans playing the Houston Texans. A.J. freaking Brown, dude. What a phenomenal player. Two fantastic plays, two fantastic catches. The kid has erupted here at the end of the year for the Titans. He's going to be the difference maker with Tannehill. Derrick Henry's running the ball well. The Tennessee Titans, man, I'm just going to say this right now. They're going to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. They got a running game. They got a passing game. Their defense is physical. They're tough. There's a pass rush. Their secondary is good enough. And they have speed at the linebacker position that can be enough to cover that middle of the field. And then they're big enough as well to stop the running game from the Patriots. So the Pats... They're playing their worst ball at the worst time at this point in the year. It's not looking good. The Tennessee Titans are playing great. This is going to be quite a matchup. It's going to be exciting. I think the Titans are coming out with a win for sure. The Texans, they were resting their starters, so there's not much to touch up on there. You don't like to end the regular season with a loss, but just go into the playoffs healthy, knowing that your team is fine. You're already beat up enough. That is it for this game. Our next one, the Detroit Lions versus the Packers. The Packers come out with the W, but, man, that game was a lot closer than it should have been. Whether you're resting any type of starters or not, and they really weren't, but the Lions got creative early, found ways to score. Um, David Blau and Galladay, I think that's Blau, 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 no, it's Blau, um, and Galladay, they looked good. They had a good connection down the middle of the field. That's what you want to see as a Lions fan. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is your quarterback, but you still had some exciting plays there. You found a running game this week. Quite the difference there. That running game was a huge factor in you staying in this game. The Packers' defense did their job decently enough. There, I mean, they had some turnovers, you know, fumble recoveries, interceptions, and then the offense just didn't really make up for it too much. Uh, you see Aaron Rodgers saying this is a horseshit call sitting on the bench on the sideline. Whether you want to go, of course he is. Of course he's blaming it on the offense or the play calling, whatever it is. It just it was a sloppy game for the Packers. That's not a way you want to head into the playoffs, but you're in the playoffs. You've won your division. You're good. Just roll in, forget this game, get things figured out, and get ready for the after the bye week to kind of just start handling business. Next game here, the for an NFC South matchup, the Atlanta Falcons are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game if there's not much to be excited for, unless you're excited for Jameis Winston um, getting the passing title for the NFL, he did it in Jameis Winston fashion. Last pass of the game is a pick six to end it. The Falcons get the W. Um, the big man score that the Falcons had early was fantastic. Um, the Bucks turnovers were just, I mean, they were just turnover machines to start the game. There was a fumble, interception. It just didn't look good. But Perriman, or Perriman, excuse me, the wide receiver for the Buccaneers, has been great. And you talked about a wide receiver core that I mentioned earlier with the Washington Redskins. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a pretty good one as well. Mike Evans, 
Marquise Godwin, and then now you throw in Perriman. Hey, that's a pretty good set of size, speed, and reliability with pretty much all three of them. That's a good combination. You have a good tight end in O.J. Howard if he stays there. There's already rumors that he's going to New England. I kind of believe it. The Patriots are going to find a way to get a tight, going to get a good tight end. They're going to find a way to do that because you see how they were with Gronk and how much of a difference that is not having him this year. Um, Shaq Barrett for the Buccaneers showed why he's about to get that money because he had, more, I think he had at least one or two sacks this game. Great season for him. Fantastic. Prove it. Um, fantastic. Prove it on getting the money. Good for him. Happy for him. The Falcons. Uh, way to win the what a way to end the season on a W. Good for you moving forward. Now get that defense healthy, get the offense rolling, everyone healthy, find help along the offensive line. I know you dealt with some injuries there. Get them guys ready to go. And then you can be kind of the difference maker for next season, is what everyone thought you were going to be this year. Um, if you want to talk about anyone being upset, talk to Justin Trees. He's definitely mad about that. Let's head to our next matchup that was just a. Uh, just a spanking from the New Orleans Saints with the uh, Carolina Panthers here. Will Greer, I know I just mentioned Treese's name, expecting the Atlanta Falcons to be good. He also thought Will Greer might be pretty good. He was happy to see him, someone that he wanted me to watch in Mobile at the beginning of 2019. And he didn't look good in the Senior Bowl, gets drafted late, goes to Carolina, and gets an opportunity to start two games just not looking so hot didn't look good goes out with an injury kind of just a lot of yikes moments uh you have a miss handoff with McCaffrey you throw an interception then you get injured then Kyle Allen comes in he doesn't really do much better the Saints were just rolling over everybody they did whatever they wanted the running the ball throwing the ball Drew Brees was just slicing and dicing that defense and that secondary They're ready to go into the playoffs going you know what we're hot we're gonna stay that way um, good luck to everyone else. That Saints defensive line got pressured through the entire time. Um, how Taysom Hill was able to get wide open and then run down the field to go through contact and score another touchdown. I don't get how teams see him on the field and go, we're not going to cover him. There's no way the ball's going to him. And then it does every single time, it feels like, because he's just making plays over and over. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Panthers have a ton of decisions to make this offseason. It's going to be exciting to see where they go with that. The Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots. Talk about a Super Bowl for the Miami Dolphins. This was it. This was freaking it. Devontae Parker owned Mr. Gilmore this week. Under two minutes, he comes down with a huge catch on the right side of the field. Puts the Dolphins in position to go down and score. Brady has a pick six. First pick six he has thrown, I believe, in nearly three or four years. Um, that's huge coming from Tom Brady. It didn't look like the ball. He was throwing it in the direction of two receivers. I believe it was a running back, Edelman, or a running back and Edelman or another receiver, and they both thought it was going to the other, so they let it go. Gets intercepted, pick six, Dolphins are on the board, take the lead. And then the Pats offense, the Patriots offense here, I keep calling them the Pats. I'm sure that's confusing. But the New England Patriots offense looks limited. It looks very limited. Tom Brady is not the same Tom Brady we're used to seeing. They don't have much of a passing attack. Their running game is okay. It's nothing to really fear anymore. Um, but they can still be physical. If they figure it out, the Patriots can make noise because their defense finds ways to get turnovers. That's what the Patriots are good at, are good at and what they've really always been good at. So that will be the difference maker for them. But you're ta I'm talking about another difference maker here for the Patriots going into the playoffs. 
I know I just said I think the Titans will beat them. But if the Patriots can find a way to get Nikhil Harry, Muhammad Sanu, or Philip Dorsett going in the playoffs, it's going to be scary because those guys have size and speed. And Nikhil Harry, I mean, man, he had at least one or two plays this game where you go, shit, if they keep going to him, I mean, we got to look out because that's, that's, a, that's a difference maker right there. And I have a slight gut feeling that they're not going to him as much because they don't want as much attention or eyes or tape on what they can use him to do going into the playoffs. I think they knew that their schedule was easy enough. I think they already knew they were going to make the playoffs. It, the season didn't end the way they wanted it to in December, but I believe that they have somewhat of a feeling or a plan with Nikhil Harry to where when it comes playoff time, he's going to erupt. Kind of like what we saw Sonny Michelle do last last postseason. You really didn't see much of him through the regular season. You hit the postseason – Different animal, different style team. They're just running the ball down everyone's throat. They did an AFC Championship game. They were able to successfully do it in the Super Bowl, and that is what helped the Patriots win. If they can find a way to get Nikhil Harry going this postseason and into the playoffs, into the championship game, and into the Super Bowl, if they make it there, um, we're looking at a new difference maker for the Patriots in the next season. Just a gut feeling that I have, so I want to go ahead and get it out there. But the Miami Dolphins come away with the win. Fitz Magic, baby. He's got a rushing touchdown. That pass that he had to Mike Gusecki across the middle of the end zone. Dude, talk about just a freaking zipper. I mean, that ball just sunk or just zipped right on in there. Hits Gusecki's hands. He comes down with a big catch. Dolphins get the touchdown. They score and win. Arrowhead erupts directly afterward. It was a fantastic feeling. Chiefs got a first-round bye. They ranked second in the AFC West. Good for or the AFC as a whole. Won the AFC West. Great feeling as a Chiefs fan. Let's go ahead and get into that game. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Diego, or the Los Angeles Chargers. Excuse me. Potentially the last game that we see of Phillip Rivers, whether it's with the Chargers or just of his career. Um, he had a post conference or post game conference afterwards. Comes out and says that he does want to play next season. Whether we see that or not. It's going to be tough to say. I mean, we're not going to have an answer for that. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. They're going to want his experience. But I used to hate Phillip Rivers. I used to just absolutely, I could not stand him. I didn't like him at all. And then for whatever reason, I'd say the last five or six years maybe, I've really just kind of become or come to appreciate who he is and almost become a fan of him. Just his his on-field demeanor, the way he is with media, like how, like, you just see how motivated he is game in and game out, whether they're winning or they're losing. You know he's going to throw an interception. It kind of gives the Chiefs a W. So you never really feared him as just taking over a game and ruining it for you, but you always feared him in close game situations. The games were always able to be close enough that you worried with there was two minutes and no timeouts, and he's got the ball on like the opposite 20-yard line, that he's going to find a way to go down the field and score. And more times than not, they really did. Um, great season or great career for Philip Rivers. I hope we see him next year. If we don't, I would love to see him in a booth calling games. I think that's something he would be fantastic at. I think people would appreciate that. That's just something I got my fingers and just really hoping for with him. Um, let's get into this game note. Patrick Mahomes, not, not mind-blowing numbers, not a fantastic game from him wise as he threw pretty much three interceptions. Two were called back because of penalty. And then he had one interception that was just a true miscommunication between him and Tyreek Hill on what way Hill was going to turn around from his route. It looked like someone maybe ran the wrong route. No excuses. There was an interception there. But he did just enough and made the right plays and the right throws to put this team in situations to win. Damian Williams being back 
is huge. We didn't do a podcast last week because of the holidays. Uh, we haven't really broke down much of games either just because our schedules have been all over the place. But Damian Williams being back for the Kansas City Chiefs is huge. The way he runs the ball, the way he pass blocks, the way he catches the ball out of the backfield, his effort is tremendous for the Chiefs going forward. I love him as a running back one for the Chiefs. Shady McCoy, we really didn't see. I kind of have a feeling that they're waiting to use him in the playoffs. I know they haven't used him a lot, and a lot of people looking at that as we don't trust. They don't trust him. They don't want him to play. He's a you know he's a reliability or excuse me he's a liability not a reliability. He's a liability and someone you can't trust and something you don't expect to be good for your team going into the playoffs. But Damian Williams has been the opposite of that. Darwin Thompson has been getting a lot of playing time. And then you throw Shady McCoy on top of that, somewhat of a difference maker with some quickness, a guy that can make a move and go. That's going to be what the Chiefs need into the playoffs, and that's going to be exciting for them going that way. But the Chiefs, I mean, man, their defense stepped up and made plays. Phillip Rivers was making the, was making some plays, throwing the ball all over the field. Looked good. They didn't have much of a running game. Melvin Gordon was doing great catching the ball out of the backfield. A guy that's tough to tackle. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where he's at next season as well for the Chargers. they got a lot of decisions to make and a lot of things to figure out um, for offensive line, quarterback, running back, where your receivers at, kind of what are you doing with your defense going forward. So the Los Angeles Chargers can be a totally different team next season, and there's going to be a change there that we probably haven't seen coming. That's just something I have a feeling with the Chargers as well, that there's going to be a big difference that no one sees coming that's going to take place. We're going to go, oh, wow. Does this help them for the future, or does this just kind of ruin the next rebuild for them moving on from Phillip Rivers, if that is the case? Back down to the breakdown of this game. The defense for the Chiefs looks great. Juan Thornhill, I mentioned earlier, as a storyline, goes down with a non-contact injury, blitzing Phillip Rivers. It turns out to be a torn, turns out to be a torn ACL. You really hate to see that end for such a good rookie season. Um, his comeback story is going to be great moving for the Chiefs. Dolphins beating the Patriots. The Chiefs handle business at home. They are now ranked the second seed in the AFC. That's awesome. That's pretty much it for this game. The Chiefs handled business. They did what they needed to do, and they won, and they're the second seed in the playoffs. That's all you can ask for as a Chiefs fan. That's a great feeling right now. But let's get to our next matchup here. Two New York teams are battling it out with the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And this game honestly just was a stupid-ass stink fest. Like, this game sucked to watch. Matt Barkley's filling in for the Bills. They're resting their starters. It was boring. You had nothing to be excited for. The defense was kind of blah. The Jets, I mean, they're playing their starters, whether they were or not. It just, they sucked, man. The Jets suck. They need to fire Gase. Just get him out of town. What you thought he was is not what he is. It's It sucks. It's boring. As a Jets fan, I don't know what you have to be excited for, especially with the comings, the, the news that they're potentially wanting to move on from Le'Veon Bell. And Robbie Anderson, if you do that, who the hell is he going to throw to as in Sam Darnold? There's been somewhat of improvement this year. There's actually been quite a bit from what we saw earlier in the season with kind of some boneheaded interceptions. But, I mean, right now, if you're a Jets fan, if you're excited about something, just tweet me, AustinCham33, and just tell me what you're excited about. Just let me know so I can at least see because right now I'm not excited for you. And I usually try and have an optimistic mind view on a lot of things. And looking at this team in New York, I'm just not really seeing it. You got to fire Gase and move on. That's my call. Whether you think the same way or not, eh. But kind of like I said, this game was blah. Matt Barkley sucks. 
That's, I mean, that's it. This game was just blah, blah, blah. Let's head into our last game here. Excuse me. The Cleveland Browns playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals come out with a W. Heard that right. The Bengals come out with the W. The Bengals, a one-win team in Cincinnati, come out with a W against the Cleveland Browns, a team that everyone was just saying they're going to the Super Bowl. They look great. I can't believe it. They have now fired Freddie Kitchens. Baker Mayfield is annoying once again pregame, mouthing off to fans. If you're a franchise quarterback, why are you doing this? I don't know. It's just it's confusing. Baker Mayfield mouthing people. Joe Mixon, he has a great game. Looked great running the ball. Andy Dalton had somewhat of a good game. Kind of a boneheaded interception. And then Baker Mayfield once more. I just kind of got mixed feelings. You had a couple throws that looked great, and then you had a couple throws I was just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that's a Jameis Winston-type decision. That doesn't even make any sense. The ball's overthrown. No one's even looking. You take a sack here. You take a sack there. You're standing in the pocket too long. You're. It's like you're so inconsistent but predictable. It's, it's hard to watch and be a fan of, and then you mouth people. I'm just – I'm tired of it. I hate that I'm sitting here just bashing on – Baker Mayfield all the time, but it's really just so confusing. And if I'm annoyed by it, you know Jarvis Landry's annoyed by it. OBJ is annoyed. They both come down with big catches. They show absolutely no response to it, no positiveness. Javaris Landry has a big catch across the middle, breaks the tackle as two Bengal defenders run into each other. They knock themselves off the tackle. Javaris Landry just walks into the end zone. Stone cold face, just hands the ball off and then just goes back. They really didn't see much celebration. OBJ, we see the catch that he has where he hits the 1,000-yard mark. This moment took place in the fourth quarter. He catches this ball, walks to this or runs down the sideline, and sits down, puts a towel over his head, and starts yelling. Unsure what he was upset about or mad about. I have a feeling it's Freddie Kitchens. Why is it taking so long for us to call these type of plays? This is open. What is going on? I'm the best receiver in the league, and I'm not being treated like it for this team. Like, how am I on this team? And the ball's not being, like, how am I not being targeted? That would be the frustrating aspect for OBJ. And then he has another big catch where it's fourth and goal from, like, the 30-yard line for the Browns. Penalties knocked him back. You hate to see it. It's just kind of what the Browns are. Baker Mayfield throws up a prayer to the uh, the back right end of the end zone. OBJ comes down with it, gets both feet in. A phenomenal catch, phenomenal play. You love to see that as a Browns fan. But, it's just so confusing, so many mixed feelings on what this team is and who they're going to be. If they find a way to hire Josh McDaniels or get Josh McDaniels to take that job, it's going to be a fucking miracle. I don't know how they do it, but if they find a way good for them, it will be exciting to see what that team will be with a healthy defense and a healthy offense, especially with all that talent. If they move on from OBJ, John Dorsey's not looking so hot, bringing in everyone, paying all this money, and then things are just kind of falling apart. But... Let's get into our very last game. The Chicago Bears versus the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota sat their starters, and this game sucked. They had a great running game, though. I mean, the Vikings have a running game. Whether Dalvin Cook's in or not, they got a running game. And that dude ran all over the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears offense is so confusing. I don't understand. Is it Mitchell Trubisky? Is it the play calling? What's going on? Because David Montgomery somewhat got going. I mean, they just need to figure it out. Like, you see David Montgomery take a run. He keeps fighting for extra yards. Falls into the end zone. Dolphins seem excited. And then after that, it was just like a downhill slope of Mitchell Trubisky 
being able to make plays outside of the pocket, not being able to make plays inside the pocket. It's just a very confusing situation on who's to blame. Um, is it Nagy just like going, you know what, this is it. This dude can't run my offense. This is not a good look for me. This sucks. I want out. Or is it, hey, this dude can't run the offense. Let's get him out. I think Bears fans are just as confused on who the issue is and what's going. Is it play calling? Is it Trubisky? Is it everything as a whole? This was such a promising year for the Bears with this defense. They were able to add to it. They lost some key pieces. They brought guys back. Khalil Mack is there. This offense is something to be excited for. You got Allen Robinson. Mitchell Trubisky was a pro bowler. You drafted David Montgomery. Like, shit. Like, what Like what happened with the Bears for this to take place? Somewhat of a rhetorical question. But just, damn, you hate to see it. Like, the Bears, kind of like the Panthers, a lot of decisions to make this offseason on what you're going to want to do. Um, a lot of things to look forward to. Therese, I know, will be here um, our next episode as we go ahead and break down more of these storylines that are taking place. I'm sure he has more opinions on this week. So we'll kind of go over that on our next episode that will be coming out Thursday. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it greatly. Um, Heading into this year, I told myself that, you know what, I wanted to build some things up. I wanted to build more of a following for this podcast on on Twitter and social media, you know, kind of interact with more people. And that's somewhat taken place this year. And a large part of it is for you guys that are listening. So personally, thank you so much. You guys are great. If you have any questions about anything, let us know. We will answer them here on the podcast. Once again, Trace will be here Thursday. We thank you guys for listening. And as always, we are Talking Football.